0: Hey clan, this episode of OutlanderCast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. And I'm gonna tell you something. Things are weird right now. Things are rough, uh, things are awkward. And I'm gonna tell you one of the things that keeps me sane, not only is binging some of my favorite shows and listening to some of my favorite podcasts, but it's actually getting dressed and like showering and putting on a little makeup <laughs> to make myself feel like even though I'm not going out, I'm not seeing my friends, I'm not doing my normal things, I'm still me. And it keeps a, a semblance of normalcy in my life. So if you are looking to zhuzh up your makeup routine a little bit, Head on over to minutewithmary.com. No joke, find me on Facebook. I'm on my phone just as much as you are right now, so let's chat a little bit. I can see if I can hook you up with some great deals and speaking of great deals, my number one best-selling mascara, my 4D epic mascara. It's super dramatic. It's going to make your lashes look like you have false eyelashes on. It's on sale for all of our podcast listeners this month, the month of March. You can go to minutewithmary.com slash discount. Remember, I ship to Australia. I ship to New Zealand, Canada, Mexico, the UK. I ship all over the place in the world. A whole Bunch of different countries, so check that on out. MinuteWithMary dot slash discount. Do you remember me telling you about a a former patient of mine, Graham Menzies? Menzies, hey, the It was. Do you know as I finally realized? all these years. Just how much I owe him. His death had a profound effect on me. So much so that I took a leave of absence from work and went to London with Brianna. And that was where I learned of Reverend Wakefield's passing. Had we not attended that funeral, never have crossed paths with Roger or found you. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on stars.
1: Sing me a song of a life.
0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson.
1: My name's Blake. And I'm trying my best to just stay calm, stay relaxed, and not get too into my feelings. That's okay. I'm doing the best that I can because...
0: You're in good company.
1: Because Tom Brady has left the Patriots. (sighs) Left the Patriots. And now he's on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's okay. On the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All you Tampa people, don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. I'm out. I'm out on this. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Tom Tur, he's a saint. Listen, man can do no. He's still my binky. Well, can do no wrong. I
0: think he's going downhill. So what ifs? <laughs> Enjoy that paycheck.
1: Yes, do enjoy. Do enjoy.
0: (laughs) So, on a different note, how excited are you guys that Outlander's in season when all of this ish is going down in the world? We have Jamie and we have Claire and we have Adso! Yes, absolutely. All right, so, let's get into this week's episode. Just as a little fair warning, this episode of Outlander Cast is going to be a wee shorter than others because we have to also go watch another show that we podcast about called This Is Us on NBC. If you are not currently watching This Is Us, listen up y'all you probably got some time on your hands right now Mm -hmm. you want to know a show that's going to make you feel hashtag all the feels it is this is us like watch it and if you enjoy our podcast we have a companion podcast for every single one of those episodes as well Mm mm-hmm So we'll keep you company. The social uh, distancing, it it can wreak a little havoc on some people's emotional well-being, myself included. Listening to podcasts is going to be one of the best ways to help get you through this. So check that on out. And we're going to get into the details about this episode. Before we get into
1: the rest of it, we just want to make sure you go to maryandblake.com and check out all the podcasts as Mary just talked about, which was uh, This Is Us. uh, This Is Us 2, rather. Uh, Whether it's the Game of Thrones podcast called The North Remembers or it is uh, Rise Up, the Hamilton podcast, we have many 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 different kinds of podcasts that happen at marinblake.com including also a blog series about the handmaids tale that I'm writing which I'm very excited about and that is that so mavin you ready to get into this uh, to this bad boy you betcha let's do it
0: all right, so break it on down for me.
1: Okay, so the episode title was the uh, is called "Perpetual Adoration," which obviously is a thing that happens when this uh, people try to adore <laughs> the Blessed Sacrament <laughs> at um, at church. What people don't leave it, they don't they don't leave its presence. It's a it's a thing in the Catholic Church that happens a lot, and well, not a lot, but at, during the time. And um, you know, I think it's I think it's fitting because. Claire throughout her whole time with uh with Frank never let go of Jamie. Mm-hmm. Never you know is a perpetual adoration of mm-hmm. Jamie uh, much to Frank's chagrin in my opinion. So I I feel like this title is is very smart on a on a couple of different levels Agreed. which I really liked. The Writers were Allison Evans and Steve Konaki. So you don't know them; they're brand new to Outlander. Okay. Uh, Allison Evans is actually a relatively new writer in the in the in the business. Uh, her first credit took place in 2015. Uh, she actually wrote for the show Bates Motel, which is uh, actually formerly run by Lost creator, well, Lost showrunner Carlton Cuse, and she also wrote for a television show called Chance. Now. It feels to me that these two are partners, like the, they write together, kind of okay. like Elizabeth Berger and uh, Isaac Ataker, and in in this is us. Mm-hmm. Um, because Steve Kornacki also wrote on um, uh, on, Chant, on Chance, the show, and on Bates Motel. It also happened to be the same episodes that they that they wrote together. And he's also written on uh, boardwalk empire, which mm. is an HBO show. Uh, a lot of people really love. It's an excellent show. Go watch it. If you get a chance and you should have a chance because we're all quarantined. So you, you could do all of the great binging and the director, this girl, Mira Menon, she's got a big, big girl pants. Big girl pants. Okay. Uh, big girl director here. She has directed many episodes of television, including for shows like The Punisher, Titans, The Man in the High Castle, Uh, Glow, The Exorcist, Fear the Walking Dead, Halt and Catch Fire, um, and then also for All Mankind to the Terror. I mean, these are this is a this is a big girl man. She gets it. She knows how. I don't like
0: the term big girl because you're making me think that she's like physically big girl but you're no, meaning ab- absolutely not, not like grown-up
1: like she she
0: she's she kicks she's butt she in, kicks, in her in her field
1: but man so she <laughs> she is great okay and uh and of course directing one of my favorite shows of all time another show that you should um that you should binge halt and catch fire <sighs> oh, mm. man that's a, That'll get you through. Yeah, that'll get you through. Okay, what do you got for your kilt rating? A kilt rating.
0: So on a scale of one to five kilts, I give this episode a solid eight four point eight five. I really enjoyed this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, a couple of things that I'm like, I could I could do with more. Um, but I really enjoyed this episode. This is definitely an episode that I will enjoy rewatching for the most part. And uh,
1: that's a scoop. Sure. All right. Uh, About you, my kilt rating. I'm giving it a four seven five. Um which is pretty much my, my grade. Uh just about. Look at us. It's a four seven five. Is it because
0: we're spending so much time together? <laughs> yes, it is. Being socially distanced from the entire rest of the world.
1: My best friend. Soon we'll start
0: to dress alike. <laughs>
1: Hopefully I can grow my hair out like you. Oh, It'll yeah. be great.
0: I mean, we did have the same haircut this time last year. So
1: y- Yes, we did. <laughs> that was that was a that was an interesting time. Yes. Mary cut all of her hair off. Um So yeah, 475, I actually quite enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed this episode almost as much as I liked the premiere. Uh, which I think is saying something uh, for this season of Outlander. So there are a few things that I, I I didn't like, but I I really enjoyed. This is one of
0: the highest uh, rated episodes of the season for you.
1: Yes, absolutely, yep. absolutely. And awesome. I, I think it's I think it's des- I think it deserves it to be honest. All right, great. What do you got for your my GBG? G-G-G.
0: My good, my bad, my great. My good is so is here. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Oh my god, I'm so excited, and I want a new cat. Can we get one?
1: No, we like, had two one cats that looks once.
0: Just like it, we so. had two
1: cats once, and it was not great, Bob.
0: It was no, that did not work out well. Um, no, my it bad. Have. Is um, I don't know how show watchers, like just show watchers, non-book readers, are going to feel about Roger after this episode. Like, I feel like we've been doing a lot of you know fixing of Roger, and in this episode, he's allowed to feel all of the feelings that he has. He's allowed to go through all this, but um, you know, it's. I don't know if people are yet able to say, like, I love Roger Mm -hmm. and it's fine that he's upset. I'm fine because I I love Roger. I just don't know if this episode for people who are just show watchers can stand there and be like, wow, after a couple episodes of fixing him, totally cool with him. And my great is and this may seem petty and I don't care. Claire's hair and makeup mm-hmm. for all of the flashback scenes. Mm-hmm. Sign me the heck up. I know what my next minute with Mary's going to be and I wish my hair was longer so I can make it just as voluminous. <laughs> Cuz I've got a lot of hair and I could play with it. But honest to God, I loved the whole flashback scene so much. Yep. I loved all of the context. I loved hanging out with um you know Claire in the hospital. I I loved the flashbacks. Sure. And the
1: hair and makeup. Yep. Yours. All right. my um, good uh jamie making a choice that he otherwise wouldn't normally do i mean this guy straight up murdered a dude i mean murdered a dude murder. um like red rum murder <laughs> like uh it was bananas what he did and i i quite liked it because it's pushing jamie to make choices he wouldn't normally do choice chance uh Hopefully a choice that will have some, some consequences, mm. which I have a fantastic outlandish theory about, by the way. So we're going to, we're going to punt that one towards the end of the episode. Um, but I really, really liked the fact that they made Jamie make a real choice and he had to choose between his oath to, yep. uh, the king and his, his stability in his life or his family and Myrta. And what he did was choose his family and Myrta and he chose himself. Mm-hmm. He chose himself ultimately. And I like that because it makes Jamie do something that he, he doesn't normally do. He doesn't normally make these kind of mistakes. No. He, he never normally puts himself in this kind of position. Uh, my bad. As much as I hate to say it because I'm a man of craft. I love craft when it comes to television. The editing in this episode was so choppy. And it, and it, the, the use of like fade ins and fade outs was distracting at best. Mm -hmm. Uh, and quite awful at worst. Uh, I really didn't like it. How'd you
0: feel about the voiceovers?
1: I, 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 there was a
0: lot and I was nervous how you're going to take it.
1: I, I, I'm kind of agnostic on the voiceovers as of this moment. Mm -hmm. Like, I get what they were trying to do. It was almost, the voiceovers reminded me of like a, of like a freshman year philosophy class. Where it was like tried to be deep and it tried to be impactful and it just fell flat for me. Oh. Um, but whatever. I mean, it is what it is. I disagree. I, 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 and that, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but the other part of the editing you look was. like I said that so moodily. <laughs> I disagree. But the other part that I didn't like with the editing was that like the blocking and the shots were all off. It's almost like, like when one character at the end of like a shot was in one area and then, the next yeah. the next shot. Yes. The character was in a completely different area. Yeah, it
0: was like teleport teleporting.
1: Yeah, and you're like, what the hell? And like characters would would have smiles that would instantly change the next shot. Like mm-hmm. I noticed it when Jamie got off of his horse when he in the first part of the episode. Like he was on his horse and then within and he has this
0: incredible dismount. Yeah, you know would, that he has an incredible dismount, right? What whatevs? Have you not seen the video compilation? Uh, no. Oh yeah,
1: I've seen the video compilation. All right, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and and get on that because I'll get a dismount. Everybody gets my um. Everybody gets my opinion. Uh, the great though, the great. Uh, I have a tie. Mm. Uh, first was the time jumps. Uh, as much as I disliked the editing of it, mm-hmm. I really loved the idea behind it and the feeling that it gave me. This really felt like Outlander to me because Claire is, a, in fact, yes, a time traveler. Yes. And it's good to have that aspect of the show Reminding, still, yes. still in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, not only that, because I'm, I'm a sucker. I am an absolute sucker for flashbacks mm-hmm. if you do it right. And when they help inform the plot that you're trying to show in, in, in quotes, present time. Yes. Right. And, and in, in this case, this was spectacular, uh, the uh, the flashbacks and yes. how they related to the, in quotes, present story. Uh, big fan of it. Uh, but my real great, oddly enough, is the um, scenes with Roger and Bree.
0: That is so oddly enough, and I'm so happy to hear this. Right. I'm um, so happy to hear this. Uh,
1: I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan, especially about the first scene when they are together in bed. Uh, after, you know, he's like, oh, was that good for you? Like all that other stuff like that was kind of cheesy. But like, I really like that kind of stuff because this is the kind of surgery they need to do on Roger. Yes. And even though I feel like they undid it later on, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um This was really good. And it reminds me if if remember the movie World War Z.
0: Zombies, Zombies, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt all okay. that stuff. Yes.
1: So Damon Lindelof, my favorite showrunner of all time, he was brought in to help rewrite that movie when it was in trouble. And he's like, I don't, and when he came in, he's like, I don't care about these characters. I don't care about Brad Pitt and the wife and the kids. So the first thing that he did was write a scene with Brad Pitt and the wife where the kids, uh, where Brad Pitt and the kids, uh, Brad Pitt and the wife are in bed and they just wake up. And the kids run into the bedroom and like, we want pancakes. We want pancakes. And Brad Pitt's talking with the wife and yada, yada. And it's like, it's setting the tone Mm -hmm. for what is about to come. Mm -hmm. And the writing here for the scene in the bed sets the tone for not only how things are between them, but how far they're going to fall later on in the episode. Yes. Because of that, you actually finally freaking care about this relationship. So that's my great. All right. So what else sticks out to you?
0: Okay. So, um, you know, we, we talk about time. We talk about this whole like beautiful imagery that voiceover Claire in, you know, weaves in and out with the spider webs Mm -hmm. and, um, I loved. I just, you know, the voiceovers didn't bother me. There was a lot of them, but I loved it. I loved having the deeper thought about having this perspective and, um, you know, having these different loves in your life. I, how, I'm just, I want to know your thoughts because you said it didn't bother you that much, and I was actually nervous that it would.
1: What the voiceovers? The voiceovers.
0: I mean, because there's no way that otherwise could have been, um, shared with you.
1: So I remember. Back in season one, many, many moons ago Mm. where I said, you know what? I'm done hating on the voiceovers. I'm done. I'm accepting them because that's again, how we talked about last episode with, um, the language of Outlander. Yeah. The voiceovers are just part of the language. That's it. Mm -hmm. That, and that's what they are. Do I feel like they overused it? Absolutely. Uh, I feel like it was something that like, okay, we get it. And when you start adding all the different voiceovers in with the editing on top of it with like the, the, the zoom, like the, I mean, so the, the, the fade ins and outs, there's just like in cuts and like, wow. And, and scenes were, you know, 10 seconds long and then 20 seconds long. And then in three minutes, it's like, wait, what is the language that we're talking about here? Um, no, the, the, vo- the voiceovers didn't bother me. I'm not upset about them. I'm just, okay. They, they, they tried yeah. to tell a story. They tried to give you this, perspective of time mm-hmm. versus memory and memory uh is um you know the, the devil and time is god and the, they tried to get involved in all of that and, and so i could get on board i'm not gonna co-sign but i'm not gonna okay i'm not gonna rip the paper up
0: all right so where do we go from here <sighs> um should we go with jamie should yeah let's, with jamie? let's do
1: jamie let's let's go all in on jamie what stood out with you with uh with uh, jamie
0: Oh my gosh! Walking into that pub and seeing Myrta's face and asking Jamie to throw a knife at it—yeah.
1: Do you think he missed the missed the picture on purpose? Because I, I feel like Jamie would he he would be good enough with a knife. That's a where, good
0: question. Where
1: he he would get it?
0: That's a really good question. I know I'm awesome. Um, I felt so awkward for Jamie. You know, like. Knox just being like you're my boy like yep. we're, we've got each other you know we, we it's so nice to be able to like spend time with someone who, who you know I trust in these ways and then he talks about how he's going to be getting this stuff from Oddsmuir
1: mm-hmm.
0: and my favorite thing during that scene was for the quick shot of Fergus who just went like awkward face of like oh no (laughs) Um, and Jamie takes deep breath doesn't let it show and just kind of soaks it all in and then of course we go upstairs later where they're playing chess. Which, like, why is this Jamie's thing? Mm-hmm. Why is he playing chess? With, with some
1: dude, with British officers. <laughs> like, it's
0: so sad, because I just want to see Jamie play chess with someone who he actually really likes. Sure. You know what I mean? I want to see him and Claire play chess. I want to see him and Roger play. That would probably be a great game, him and Roger. But instead he has to play with all these people I know. who he's just, he's technically playing chess with in yep. the real world. You know what I mean? Yep. Um And then... And then the letter comes out. Yeah. I did, did you expect this murder to happen? I,
1: I, I did. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because of uh, Chekhov's gun. <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, anytime you introduce a gun in the first act of a, a, a play, a show, or a scene, that gun is going to be used later on. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened here. Jamie sits down. Uh, we know that this letter is coming eventually. We don't know when. Um, so we already have that timer. We already have the bomb under the table and it's gonna, it's gonna erupt. Mm-hmm. And, and Jamie knows it. So we can sense his tension, but he takes his gun out, sits down, puts the gun next to the chessboard. I said, that's gonna matter later on. That's gonna matter in about five minutes. And the, the gun itself didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But you could see the, in fact, I think it was so overt that they put that there purposely, like just to throw you off to thinking, Oh, the gun's going to be used, but it really wasn't. It was something else. Yeah. It's a little bit of misdirection, but that I think that, um, that conflict and that murder was definitely telegraphed. Um, especially because (laughs) Knox has this, has this moment with Jamie. He's like, well, you know, if there was anybody that I would want to go into battle with, It'd be, it'd be with you. And I'm sad that we're not going to be doing it together. Yada, yada. Okay, we're besties all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> you know, like, it makes
0: me feel bad because I feel like we've all had those conversations where we like think that we're really close with somebody, like maybe romantically or as a good friend, and you just lay it all out like, man, I'm so glad we've been able to spend all this time together. And we just really click. And the other person does not feel the same way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you find out when he kills you. Oh, yeah. Ro, um, I don't think Jamie went into it knowing he was going to kill Knox. No,
0: I agree. I think
1: he went into it thinking, OK, we're, we're I, I got to tell this guy what's coming. And if I maybe I can convince him, maybe I can use the Jamie charm and convince him that myself and Murta, even though we're related and we have uh, a connection, we're not bad people. He is not a bad person. I've done I fulfilled my duty just like you are. Can we can we work through this? And, of course, the guy who knocks, who doesn't see gray in this world, all he sees is black and white, uh, does what he does. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you agree with Jamie murdering him?
0: Yes, 100%. I I am on board. I mean, he's a Taurus. I'm a Taurus. This is how we roll. Don't mess with my family. However, Jamie handled it with so much more comes was like than
1: CSI North Carolina, what he did. He
0: was, he was like, <laughs> I got this. I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to burn this place. And I'm not going to like show any anxiety. And then I'm going to go home and get a kitty. And we're going to be cool. And that was one of my things where I was like, dang it, Jamie Fraser. Like, yeah you're so good at just like keeping your act together. Um, And this is, you know, so much of his character. But to me, I was like, I wanted him to bug out just a little bit, not bug out, but I kind of sure. wanted him to be like, I mean, he, he bugs out with the cat. Like he yeah. says, the cat, like be quiet or else I'll skin you or thrash you. Or I forget exactly what he said now. But in my mind, I'm like, my heart is racing, but this is Jamie. Jamie but this was also like, the
1: man who, who murdered Murtaugh at the same time too. For much the same reasons, we're seeing a pattern with Jamie. What? what? A, Jamie? I'm um, not um, uh, um, Dugul, yeah, yeah, Dougal. That's what I meant. Dougal. He's the one who murdered Dougal. And and it was for the safety of his family. We're seeing a pattern here. When, when you mess with Jamie's family, that's it.
0: No, I know. I know. I'm just saying to me, I was so anxious and I was like, how is he keeping his act together so well? Oh yeah, it's Jamie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, when do you think he figured it out? Did, do you think he was thinking as soon as he was told, oh, I'm getting this letter, do you start to piece together, I'm going to have to kill Knox? No, no. Or do you think as it was happening and then, you know, like, you're lucky you got to bur- put the fire. You're right. lucky, Jamie.
1: Yeah. Um I don't think he, like, again, I don't think he went into it knowing he was going to do it. Even when the letter came out, I don't think he knew that he was going to do it. And I love the symbolism of the chessboard itself. Agreed. These two guys Agreed. It, it without even knowing it Jamie is playing chess, you know, on a whole another level with this guy and he's he has to figure it out and these are moves that they're mm-hmm. making in between each other. Yeah. Uh really good symbolism there. So Okay. Um. Again, you could tell that the writing is done by people who have written on, on big-time shows. Agreed. And you Agreed. can tell that the direction was done by people, by a woman who's who's done big-time shows. You can feel it. You can yes. sense it. They're- so
0: now Lieutenant Knox is dead. Uh, they're not going after the regulators anymore. Yep. Is someone still set on catching Murta, or was it just Lieutenant Knox? What do you mean? Like, so the regulators were forgiven, not forgiven, but you know, whatever. Well, we won't go after the regulators. Yes. Is anyone else now in charge of going after Myrta Fitzgibbons? Oh,
1: oh, okay. I see what you're or saying.
0: was that just Lieutenant Knox's? No, I'm
1: sure that somebody else is going to have to step up and do the whole thing. And, and that's one of the, part of my outlandish theory so i i can't i can't i can't get involved in that so we're gonna we're gonna whistle past that graveyard
0: so one of the things that you and i both remarked upon after seeing this episode is that we really liked seeing how claire's decision was made about why to go back yep to the uk yep you know um oh mr menzies
1: yeah and i love the, the call out here for for graham menzies Um, what do you mean well graham mctavish and tobias menzies
0: uh that's just a wonderful circumstance
1: i'm sure that it is yes but i i just i feel like that's a really cool thing (laughs) like in in my head canon they totally did that purposely just to honor (laughs) those two guys
0: how much did you love him
1: um i really liked him and i and i liked him because he loved his wife so much and i you know not to sound like too much of a brown nose I get it. I
0: don't really understand the communion thing. So, for those of you who don't know, I was Catholic for like nine months of my life, and meaning as a baby, and then my family became <laughs> Protestant. So, I don't really understand what was it that Graham would do—the
1: the perpetual adoration.
0: Yeah, like I don't really fully understand. And you were like in Catholic school for your entire life, I so was. do you not understand either?
1: Well, let me. So I. So someone
0: this. has to be there to watch over it. Yes. Right. Yes, and Why? nobody
1: can leave it. Well, let, me, let me bring like it up. Like, ever?
0: Like, it can never... Like, is there someone in a Catholic church right now down the
1: road? Uh, Well, let's see. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. You got to... Uh, here we go. This comes from New Advent, the website. I want to make sure I get this right, so I don't mess. I don't uh, upset Catholics. Um, well, how
0: about we just have someone explain it to us, and we'll read it in the listener feedback. Okay, hold on, because we'll, you don't know if this website's real.
1: No, it's real. I'm looking at it right now. A term broadly used to designate the practically just because it's
0: on the web doesn't mean it's real.
1: Would you, Would you like me? Fine. Uh, An an uninterrupted adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. The term is used in a truly literal sense, i.e. to indicate that the adoration is physically perpetual, and more frequently, in a moral sense, when it is interrupted for only a short time for imperative reasons— or through uncontrollable circumstances, to be resumed, however, when possible, or it may indicate uninterrupted, uninterrupted adoration. So it's, it's meant to like show the devotion, uh, and it's supposed to happen for a day or a few days, or as in the devotion of the 40 hours. Um, so that's, that's what's happening. It's, the blessed sacrament is meant to be adored and watched over. Doesn't
0: it go stale if it's sitting out for a few days? I don't
1: know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I just, stats are for nerds, man. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Well, someone else will explain it to me.
0: All right. So, we've got just the sweetest little pudding, right? Just just chilling in a lot of pain, but like, okay, doc, we'll, we'll get this stuff, we'll get this surgery taken care of. Right. And the way that his interacting with Claire reminded her so much of Jamie and how carefully Claire talks about Jamie. Yeah. You know, like, oh, no, he wasn't American. Yeah. And- I love that Claire is able to like bite her tongue a bit, sure. Because I know for me, I'd be like, "Oh my god, Graham, pull up a chair. <laughs> Let me tell you about the love of my life."
1: You he know, had this really bad accent. He wore no. Tom Brady jerseys on no. Facebook Live. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, um, but those moments were really, really sweet. And then seeing Claire's reaction when she lost this patient.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it was it was devastating. And the thing I liked about him, I mean, the interactions between the two were cute. You instantly had a connection to the guy. I mean, specifically because he has this Scottish accent, you already as a viewer have this pull to somebody who has a Scottish accent. It is, it is what it is. Right. Um, And his, his adoration of his wife and how um, he was doing his best to memorialize her. Uh, And, He's staying there. That's it. He can't leave his wife. That is something that is very special. And you can connect to that as a a human being, number one, but as someone who's ever been married or in a long-term relationship. You get it. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that matters most here in this flashback, even though we we get a chance to get to know this guy and we care about the relationship between the two, is the fact that it sheds light on why Claire goes back to Scotland to begin with. And why – how some of it was even inspired by Frank, um, who wanted to take Brie to England. Yes. And this is also an inspiration to help fix the relationship, uh, uh, a timid, cool relationship at best between Brie and Claire. Mm Mm-hmm. And – that's really special. It is. Because we always got, like, as a viewer, I never got the real sense of why Claire was going back other than just because. Uh, I remember it was for, like, at the time in Dragonfly and Amber, I think it was something along the lines that it was Reverend Wakefield's funeral and that's why she went back. But I, like, I never understood that. Like, I felt like it was just. There
0: but, agreed. Yeah. In the show, it just makes you seem like they must have gotten noticed of his funeral and came on over. Yes. Correct. Yes.
1: And uh, the other thing that I actually quite liked about um, Graham Menzies is that he says something along the lines of oh, it's just another scar or something like that. And if I remember correctly, Jamie says the same exact line at one point uh, when he when he's injured and he tells Claire something along the lines of Oh, it's, it's just another scar. Or something like that.
0: Wasn't it his voice though in this
1: episode? It sounded like it. We'll have
0: to play it for listener feedback and like really like dissect
1: it if it was Jamie's voice. It sounded like I remember thinking, oh wow, that's 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 like is it just you sit there and
0: you're like, is it just because it was a Scottish accent? Right. was it really
1: him? Right, right. Um and of course we have the tie-in here with the penicillin and how Mm -hmm. these decisions that Claire is making in the past again inform the present. In quotations on multiple levels, whether it's the choice to go back to Scotland or the choice of making the pen- penicillin and trying to teach Marcelli, Correct. Hey, sometimes you got to take risks. Sometimes these things happen and you don't know. Sometimes they're fatal and it is what it is. And, and the episode itself here has this great theme of what do our actions mean? Mm-hmm. What do, our, how do our actions affect our future? Mm-hmm. And is our future written or not? You know, can can we actually yeah. change it, or how do we affect it either way? Yeah. And Claire is doing this on multiple levels, whether it is actually inventing penicillin <laughs> in the seventeen hundreds, uh, helping the Beardsley boys, yeah. uh, or being with Which, Jamie. We, oh, uh, loved it. No loved every second of it as
0: someone who like I don't like blood and when I see blood on screen it actually makes me very tense in my neck like Mm -hmm. in my throat and in my neck is where I get not okay sure and then for him just to like with blood coming out of his mouth it was so (laughs) gross Uh, how amazing that she was able to find a strain and Marcelli's is right there. Knowing right. exactly what she's talking about, knowing exactly what she needs to look for, mm-hmm. and keeping really – like being Claire's right-hand girl during during sure. this minor surgery.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and Marsley's doing a good job at it. I mean, she seems to be in on it. And the effects – on the blood and everything <sighs> was, it really was spectacular. Yes. I mean, it's just pouring out of this guy's mouth. It just mouth. makes
0: me wonder, like, was there just a little balloon <laughs> of pretend p- blood p- that she just <laughs> popped? Because whatever that, the prop was to make that look real, they did a great gross job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And,
0: and then to even have something like smoke while it's in his mouth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that might've been digital.
0: Okay. Well, I, I, whatever I, it, it did it for me.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> and again, this is part of the Outlander language. I like seeing Claire do this kind of stuff. I don't like seeing it all the time, but when you start adding these all these little things together—the time jumps, the surgery—and to know that she
0: had this thing happen with penicillin before, and here she is now in the past yeah. with less uh, medical, you know, facilities and tools and everything—and here's her homemade penicillin, <laughs> just like chilling, <laughs> ready to go. I think
1: Lizzie was your um, Lizzie was your oh, she spirit, was my animal. spirit animal. In this moment so gross oh the she's like holding it all back holding
0: the light i would have done the same thing i would have just been closing my eyes holding that little light
1: <laughs>
0: oh my goodness um, so, so we need to talk about brie and roger
1: uh i do but I, I want one other thing from from the claire story Adso? here oh. uh no i i i get the whole ad so he's cute i don't understand the popularity for this cat i don't get it yet i just don't
0: you don't want one after just seeing him, right? Not now?
1: Not at all. Fine. Not at all. Don't want. No wanna, longer best. Friends. I have no shares of Adso. Okay? I will not
0: dress the same as you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, the, I want to get your thoughts on the first sequence with Claire and all of the flashbacks, kind of like melded in together, uh, and showing the the passage of time, uh, where it's like all the different scenes throughout Outlander and how it's, you know, again, how how do our Choices lead to us where we are, and what did you think of that montage of of Claire and all of the history that she's had on the show? Hashtag all the feels, yeah, all
0: the flippin' feels. And I mean, and granted, I have rewatched so many of those episodes again and again throughout um but to just have that quickly hit you, it it's like what you think when you're thinking something. Sure. You know, you have kind flashes. of this like flashes yeah. in your mind. When you're just reminiscing about memories. And I loved that we could reminisce along with her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it was, it was special. It made, uh, it made me want to cry. It, remained, it reminded me of This Is Us. Cause like, like I've said before, This Is Us is very good at weaponizing its own mythology. It's very good at manipulating y- your memory of its own mythology. Mm-hmm. And Outlander ha- has certainly done that with this particular episode, uh, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, um, because it reminds you of the journey that you've been on as a viewer and your relationship with all of these characters. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. And but one of the things that also stood out to me, too, and this kind of leads into Roger and Bree, which is Claire has this great conversation with Brie, knowing that she has to tell Brie that her dad is not Jamie. I mean, that, that her dad is not Frank, that it's actually Jamie. Mm-hmm. And she's taking her to Scotland to to like do this. Yes. And Brianna has this great comment after she finds out that Graham Menzies is dead, she's like, Oh, you never know what's coming. And she doesn't know at this moment that she's actually going number one, going back. Brie doesn't know that she's going back to in time to meet her actual dad, that she's going to get married to Roger, that all of this stuff that's happening now. Like this is like that, turning point Correct. for her Correct. and she doesn't know any like the dramatic irony here is great and that's what Claire
0: says you know when Jamie comes home she's like I was thinking about this patient because because of that moment because of our conversations like that's what made me come back sure. and how amazing when you're able to have that kind of a reflection you yep. know whether it's like what led you to go down a career that you went to what led you to go on a vacation or a trip that you know may have changed your life um, it's it's really awesome when you can have the time and space mm-hmm. to realize why you made such an amazing choice that led you on this great journey
1: so let's talk about roger and Bree. now that we're here with Bree, um we we touched on it earlier uh i think they're very cute in the bed scene oh my god i loved it but i will say that as much as as much good surgery as they've done on roger so far it's not enough they actually kind of took about a step and a half back with me with him freaking out the way that he did, I mean, does and that's this guy why I'm sad? Does this that's guy not, not remember or even want to acknowledge the fact that Brie was raped, brutally raped by this by Stephen Bonnet? She doesn't know who the father is, by the way. He's also made a blood oath that, regardless of whoever the father is, he's going to be Jimmy's dad. What are we talking about?
0: Okay, so show Roger needs a little extra love come on writers like mm-hmm. they were doing it they were doing it and this is what I was fearful of um of what how people were going to react to this because on the flip side here he is married to this woman like bearing all and she hasn't told him that this whole experience that happened with her in Bonnet nor that he's he's still there I mean it sucks that she's holding these secrets. But I agree with you. Yeah. Like R- Richard <laughs> Roger <laughs> needs to have some compassion for a victim of rape um, who then possibly got pregnant from this rape yeah. and had this physical reminder and now knows that he is alive. And for him to leave the house and to stay out it's so much that he needs a fire. Yeah. and is going hunting. He was out all night. And it's Claire. Thank God for Claire. Let me tell you, all oh these God. people, they would know none of them would be here if it wasn't for Claire. No, I
1: don't mind. I don't mind him like getting upset and walking off. Like
0: I do that. Yeah, I get sometimes upset. You, you got to take space. a break. You need to go watch. A you have to go watch *Dolphin Tale*. Yes.
1: Okay, I get it. Sometimes you just got to do that. No, I can't. <laughs> but, um. And, and and I really love the fact that Claire's like, listen, this is what you got to do. This is marriage. Yeah, and the it ain't and easy, man. The parallels here between Frank and Claire with Roger and Bree. Yeah, uh, spectacular Agreed. stuff. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. And they're saying it. But not being overt about it. Correct. They're, they're they're showing you and telling you. It was
0: well done. Yes. And my fear is just that, like you said, we took all these steps to like love on Roger, and it was an extreme reaction. But on the flip side, how many people may have honestly had a reaction like that but, after spending this much time with Bree, after
1: being married? This is like this is his Achilles heel. But you you would think that he and would. F- you mentioned compassion. You yes. would think that he would have compassion for the fact that he was an adopted son, too.
0: Agreed. And it probably took him a little while to digest. I think what was like the real knife in the gut was when he said, you straight up told Bonnet he was the dad. Yep. You've never said that to me. Yeah. How do you know who the dad is? And she just cries and says, I don't know. And he's like, "Mike, drop, man. I feel terribly.
1: Yeah. But I'm still, again, y- you... You love Brie. I, I understand being upset. I get it. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy, but also sad that it took, it takes Claire to tell him it doesn't matter who the dad is. It doesn't well, matter. Let's anything. be real.
0: We all have a Claire in our life. We all have that person who right. says quit being stupid, stupid.
1: Right. And I've been there. I've, I've got upset about things with you, Mary, where I've been all talked up and really for what? Exactly. and For what? And there are larger things at play here, <laughs> which is what, which is eventually what happens later on in this episode between Roger and Brie when he realizes yes. Stephen Bonnet's alive and no, this guy is around.
0: And no matter what, like your wife is torn up. Like yes. he found those pictures, right? The nightmare pictures. Yep. Like give her a flipping break, Roger. And
1: that's what I'm getting at. Like he should have more compassion for but, that. But- but what, what this, say, what's, I don't
0: think that's the problem is that I th- when you see this as the show, this is where I'm like, because we have so much time and space and love that we've spent with Roger yep. that we get it. Like you said, you've made these, dis- these, these right. choices. I've made these choices. We have all made choices like this that are human. But when you bottle it up into a one hour episode, it's easy for us to point fingers and be like, that was not a right choice. Well, yeah, no
1: crap. Sure, well, We've
0: all made choices that are not not right and it's human.
1: Well, I think the thing that saves this whole uh scenario for Brie and Roger is his eventual uh coming home with his tail between his legs yes. offering the mushrooms. He does a
0: good job saying I'm sorry.
1: And he he says, "Listen, you know what? It doesn't matter." Correct. Doesn't matter. And again, I've been there. <laughs> I've done this where I realize if it's not by myself, it's through the aid of someone else that the stupid thing that you're arguing about, is, and it's not stupid, but the thing that you're arguing about that's really out of anyone's control, is not worth it, and it's not—it's not there. And his reaction to Bree when he says, "We're going home," yeah, like yeah. this guy's alive, Yeah. and like, I, like he has that sudden we're reaction out of jo- like dodge, and, and I—I'll give Rick Rankin, even though oh, I hate gosh. his guts, he did such a good I job. I hate his guts. In this episode, his reaction. And I hate his guts because he flirted with Mary. No, did uh, Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And it was that effing guy. <laughs> that effing guy can go get his shine box. Okay, anyway,
0: he did such a great job did a great episode. His
1: reaction when, sh- when, when Bree tells him that Bonnet's alive um, mm. was great. And it's informed, that too, that f- is informed by the flashback that he has with Bonnet, yes. with the diamond, and that he knew that Bonnet cheated. He knew. Mm-hmm. But he still let it happen anyway because he knows he's a dangerous man. Yes. And I really like that. It informed Agreed. the later on the the response that he gave, which is we're going home. That's it.
0: This is my favorite Roger episode of the season so far. And I think that that is also why it's my bad is that I'm nervous that people are going to be judging Roger. But yeah, I think but that he deserves to be judged a little did- bit. As do all humans. Yes. Well, we don't really deserve to be judged, but but we are judged. He does a
1: little bit. He does a little bit because he still keeps making these improper choices. Everyone does. I get it. All right. Uh, So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, uh, this is going to be our conversation for now unless Mary has uh, anything else no no um, the reason why we're I mean doing I this...
0: will but I'll be bringing it more on the next we'll episode save it for save
1: it for the final thought and then we'll we'll go to we'll go to the listener feedback episode uh, we have to go watch this is us uh, for our next podcast which is this is us Two, which you can find on Uh, we're gonna go watch that so uh, if you have nothing else for right now Mary it's time to get into the outlandish theory of the week are you ready for this yes I am let's get it done All right. So here's what it comes down to. Jamie is going to have to answer for what he did to Knox. He has to. You can't just straight up murder a dude and not have consequences. He did did with Dougal, but he got consequences from it. Yeah. He had to run uh, and he had to ask uh, Rupert Mm -hmm. for an hour. Give me an hour. Uh, Granted, it got kind of nullified by the Battle of Culloden, but that still doesn't mean that there weren't consequences coming to Jamie. Uh, In fact, Jamie almost probably could have and should have died on that battlefield, but he didn't. So there has to be consequences for this choice. Even though I like what they did. I like the fact that Jamie chose his family over all of this. And the plane. (laughs) Fine. Uh, there has to be consequences. (laughs) Word's going to get back to Tryon eventually, and things are going to get really complicated for Jamie and Claire, especially because he doesn't, Jamie doesn't have a relationship with the next guy. He doesn't have a relationship with him, doesn't know him, and the next guy is going to be hunting Jamie and Claire down in some form or fashion. Maybe the battle happens, maybe it happens after the battle, but Word's going to get back to Tryon, and that is going to be that. And I, I wonder... If Jamie and Claire are gonna have to be on the same like train as Roger and Bree, do we get out of here? Do we leave? Do we try to go back to the future? I know Jamie technically doesn't have the uh, the blood to do it, but this is Outlander. Anything's possible. I mean, we're talking about a show where people go through stones to go back to two hundred years. Anything's possible. So I just wonder if something like that's gonna happen. Uh, Marvin, are you ready to yes. uh, close this bad boy out? Yeah. Yes. All right, let's do it.
0: Hey, guys. So as you know, uh, podcasting is a huge part of what Blake and I do. It is pretty my job is here, doing podcasting and my Minute with Mary business. And while people are home, and while people are looking for new things to watch and do, and to help them feel connected to the community, I would love it if you shared about Outlander and about Outlander Cast. You can share it on your Facebook or Instagram. You can share it on your stories. You can tell a friend when you do a little check-in over the phone, but say, you know what? This show brings me joy. This show brings me amazing characters. Hey, I'll lend you my my Amazon Kindle ebook. You know, but also check. Out this podcast, it would be one of the greatest things you can do for us, and also writing us a review on your podcast app of choice. We want to thank LBK8 who said, All you need it is Outlander Cast, all others are a complete waste of time. <laughs> Mary and Blake are the real thing, real professionals, real fans, real critics, especially Blake, a real couple as made for each other as Claire and Jamie. Really smart and really
1: fun. Thank so, thank you. you
0: so much, LBK8.
1: By the way, I have to add one more thing to my outlandish theory. You think no, not one soldier didn't see Jamie go into that room. They didn't. They, are you telling me not one soldier didn't no, know that? Guy even
0: like brought him his letter. I know. Right. Yeah. So yeah.
1: somebody knew knows okay. that Jamie's in that room, regardless of whatever Jamie did. They like he, they saw him go in. They didn't see him come out. <laughs> okay. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like it's it's happened. I don't care how much CSI he does and fakes the fire. Someone's gonna figure it okay. out. Okay. It's gonna happen. We, uh, so I'm sorry, continue.
0: We want to also thank all of the Outlander cast staff, the bloggers, the editors for making all of this go possible. and also our patrons at OutlanderCastClan.com. If you are not yet a member of Outlandercast clan, you can still join. We want to thank our most generous patient uh, patrons our associate producers Angie Candy, Carolyn Celine, Don Diane, Jeffrey, Jennifer, Marilyn, Maureen, Patricia Shavon, uh, Stephanie and Valerie, and then also our co-producers. Amanda and Lee, Barbara, Dana, Janet, Keelan, Lori Allen, Marianne, Meredith, Raynall, Sharon, Tina, and Whitney. And last but not least, our executive producers, Ann, Bobby, D, Jen, Katie, Kirsty, Martha, Nadja, Peg, and Sarah.
1: Thank you guys so much for giving us the opportunity to uh, entertain you and have fun and talk about Outlander. We're living in strange times right now. and We got think, each other. Think we got each other. We got Outlander. And we got podcasts, and we're gonna have fun with it. So, so thank you, everybody. Thank you so much, and uh, stay safe out there. And uh, Tom, if you're listening, it's okay, buddy. I <laughs> we'll still love you. you. I forgive you. You still, you're still a saint. You're still my Binky. <laughs> All right, <I> love <laughs> goodbye, you, Tom. Everybody, good night.